You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's time for Trailblazers on SENZ. Welcome back in. I'm Ricky Swanell. And my guest today, well, she certainly fits the billing of the name of our show. And I'm very privileged not just to call her a colleague, but a friend as well. One of our longtime leading sports journalists, Suzanne McFadden. Welcome to Trailblazers. Thank you, friend. (laughs) This could go any which way, as most of these shows tend to do, though. So, um... Why journalism? What was it for you is that that you ended up in this career that has, I guess, taken takes a life? <laughs> yeah, fantastic first question. <laughs> oh, um, now I'm going to be. Are you going to critique? Yeah, my I question might. Now? I might okay. just flick it back to you and try and put it back on <laughs> no, you. No, we're talking about you. Yeah, um, I grew up in a very small town uh, in Wellsford, north of Auckland, and my dad was a great sportsman. He played rugby for Northland. Uh, he represented Northland and Bowls as well. And growing up, um, I was one of two daughters, and I always felt really sorry for him that he'd get up in the middle of the night to watch rugby by himself. So I thought, I need to be that, that son that he didn't have. <laughs> so I would get up and watch rugby with him and then and watch cricket tests and... I just got caught up in the stories, you know, the, the, the people, I loved the people, I loved the stories behind the people more than the sport itself, I think. And I had always thought when I was at, at school that I'd be a novelist, Ooh. but didn't understand that that makes no money. <laughs> and it's uh, really hard. <laughs> very, very hard. And so I uh, had a cousin who, uh, Fiona Rotherham, who's a, a top business journalist, in New Zealand, and um, she suggested, why don't I come and have a look at, you know, what a journalist does? And, yeah, I went into, she was working in radio, and went to the radio station and thought, yeah, yeah, I I think I could do this. It's storytelling, and and it's, if I can tell stories about sport, that's even better. But I was pretty naive, because I didn't realise that, you know, being a woman would make it very hard (laughs) to get a job in sports journalism. But uh, I guess... Now I realise I was more determined than I knew, mm-hmm. and that was what I wanted to do. Was it always sport? You were never going to be a news journalist or a you know business reporter, crime reporter, or anything like that. It was always sport. Always sport. Same but as me. That's not what I started out doing. So I um, was a news reporter first of all at the Bay of Plenty Times in Tauranga. <gasps> I never knew that. Yes, I lived there for a year. We were probably there at the same time, <laughs> and then I uh, worked at the Herald and was a news reporter for probably three years before I broke into the sports department. And there was always a joke at the Herald that you had to wait your turn to get into the sports department when somebody was carried out in a wooden box. <laughs> uh, that didn't quite happen, but um, it was I was very privileged um, 
to get a place in that sports department. How did so? How did you eventually break in there? Because you know, my, like, I was lucky. I went straight in. I got straight into a sports department. That's what oh. I because I, I I never wanted to do news. I, I remember sitting in a court, court case at broadcasting because I was like, absolutely not. This is not for me. Um, but to be able to break into the, the very esteemed masthead of the New Zealand Herald Sports Department, how were you able to do that? Well, funnily enough, it was a court case, uh, but not how you might expect. I was reporting on Auckland District Court. I did that for a year. And I, I was reporting on a um, jury case and one of the uh, defendants threatened to kill me. So I went back to the office and I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to do sport. You told me I would get an opportunity. And it was just before the 1990 Commonwealth Games. And so they needed more reporters and I got to cover um, gymnastics mostly. But Nikki Jenkins. Yes, Nikki Jenkins, who I went to school with. Her parents were my PE teachers at Rodney College and I went to school with Nikki, and I was there the moment that she won the gold medal, and it was one of the highlights of my sporting journalism career. Wow. That, yeah, I mean, I remember, um, I think most people of a certain generation remember her winning so vividly. When you crept your way into that sports department in a Commonwealth Games at home, you know, that's a really great way to start, but that's yes. not always the reality of sports journalism, right? It's not yeah. all these glamour events all the time. What did you find when you eventually became part of that, that sports newsroom and, and all of that that might have surprised or shocked or was like, oh, is this what I've signed up for? Um, being a kid who had loved rugby and cricket, I thought that that's what I might get to cover. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it didn't really happen in that 10 years unless it was women's rugby or women's cricket, which which was fine. It was great. Um, I was also given the round of netball, of course. Of course you were. um, Even though I never played a game in my life, never played netball. And uh, 36 years later, here I am still covering netball. (laughs) Um, But I've grown to love it, obviously. Um, And I realised that there was a whole lot of sports that weren't being covered, like hockey, my favourite sport. Uh, Cycling wasn't really being covered. So I just kind of grabbed on to these different sports that I thought, okay. I can tell stories in these because they're not being told. And, yeah, I I loved I loved working there. And here's a funny thing, because this might be a question that you ask, I might be jumping ahead here. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was the only woman in that 10 years that I was in the sports department at the Herald, I was the only woman there. But I never, I never was made to feel like that. And when people ask me, you know, what was it like? I go, well, I I don't really remember because I was a sports journalist and I was part of this family of sports mm. journalists. And okay, there were there was a um, cupboard in the room that had uh, some raunchy photos of women, especially tennis players, with you know tennis balls tucked yep, into their yep. knickers Steffi and things Graf like that. And Gabriella Sabatini probably yes, in those days. Yeah, but there was also some topless women <laughs> on these pictures. God. So um, one of the first things that I did was rip down all of those pictures. <laughs> they were gone and we never spoke of it again. But I never really felt like, you know, the odd one out or um, that I was given 
um, the lesser jobs or anything like that. It's funny. Do, do you think, in a way, this, gosh, we're going to get so philosophical here on this, aren't we? Yeah. Um, that people sometimes now want to hear the horror stories. They want to hear that you were treated appallingly and that, that you know, the blokes, uh, they were terrible to you and all of that. Because uh, very similar yeah. sort of, I mean, mm. very similar creepers. Mine was more broadcasting and then writing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you're exactly right. People want to hear the horror stories, to think that, you know, I was made to be to feel uh, inferior or mm. that, um, you know, I had to get there the hard way or anything like that. It just I, it never occurred to me in that decade. Mm. And I look back on it now with such fondness. Um, I miss it. I miss being part of a newsroom, like a, a, a room of sports journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the newsrooms are so different now, anyway. But they are—they're ro- yeah. very robust places. They can be the language, the air can be pretty blue <laughs> sometimes, but they can be quite special places. As part yeah. of it, maybe because you—you you know, you grew up watching sport with your dad, and so for you, watching rugby and cricket and getting up at three in the morning to watch the All Blacks wasn't unusual. And your dad never saw that as you know, you know, his his girl doing it. It was just like yeah. this is just what we do in our family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Yep. Yep. Who who helped you and, and, and mentored you through those early days? Oh, good question. Um, Bob Pierce and Evan Swain were both uh, sports editors early on in my career, and they were amazing. Um, the great T.P. McLean, although he wasn't ever in the office when I worked there, um, he would always send me these beautiful um, notes, you know, Typewritten, yeah. a typewriter. Um, that was so. Uh, I, I've kept them all, mm. and they. He never saw me as the young woman, and or the young girl in the sports department. In fact, he pushed my case in lots of um, situations. I had a situation where I went to cover my first yachting regatta, and I was made to feel. Um, uncomfortable in that situation and he uh, he rang the Commodore of that yacht club and told them that I should be taken seriously, that this might have been my first regatta but I would be back and I would be back again and um, he gave me that breakthrough in yachting actually Um, in doing that I mean it was Bob Pierce who who first came to me, Uh, he had been covering yachting and he came up to me one day and he said, you're, you're going to be the sailing reporter now. <laughs> and I went into the loose and I cried. And I was like, I don't want to cover this rich white man's sport. I, I can't, I don't know anything about sailing. I don't want to do it. It was probably the best thing that I did in my career was to get it way out of my comfort zone and cover something that I grew to love. But it was more about, again, about the people rather than the sport. But sorry, I keep going off on tangents. No, 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 no. Well, funnily enough, we're going to take a break because my next line of questioning is very much around around those, uh, the sailing, the yachting and and all of that. But I did, um, before we do that, you talk about the, like, T.P. McLean, absolute great of the of the industry. Um, how did you craft yourself as a writer, um, that learn that craft of writing? Oh, very, very good question. <laughs> oh, God, I feel like I'm getting like... Taken. You are. <laughs> you should do this should for a job. <laughs> um, my mum my taught me how to write first. Um, and then uh, 
I had a great uh, friend at the Bay of Plenty Times, Graham Wilson, who was the feature writer, and he gave me the opportunity to write sports profiles. Um, and yeah, he really taught me. And Kevin Savage, who was the sports editor at the Bay of Plenty Times, he was the first person who said to me, write about the people. And um, T.P. McLean, and my favourite quote from him was, the human story is the best story. And I feel like I need to have that printed out and framed and put it on my wall um, just to keep reminding me that it's, you know, he tangata, he tangata, he tangata. Always the people. Mm. We're going to take a quick break here on SENZ. My guest on Trailblazers today is trailblazing sports journalist Suzanne McFadden. You're listening to Trailblazers on SENZ. My guest today is leading sports journalist Suzanne McFadden. You mentioned before how you were basically told that you were going to cover yachting and you went and had a cry in the loo because you didn't know anything about it and it was rich white men. It has become your, I guess, that an area of media, sports media, that you've become synonymous with, with it. America's Cup, you've had a long association. So how did you go from crying in the loos to, <laughs> to I love this and have been part of some massive iconic moments in New Zealand sport? Again, the people. Mm. Uh, Grant Dalton in the first instance, uh, because it was around the time that uh, he was leading the New Zealand Endeavour campaign. And I covered some of that Whitbread round the world race. Um, in Australia and New Zealand. And he was amazing how... Also, he didn't treat me like um, he's this girl who's come along who knows nothing. Um, He was very encouraging. Um, And I guess uh, Warren Douglas, who was the comms manager then, he was great and he really took me under his wing and he showed me, um, you know... He, he suggested here, what about what, this guy? You know, he, he does mm. this in the campaign. and, and um, Yeah, and then um, later on with the America's Cup in 1995, my first America's Cup in San Diego, and I was over there covering it. And um, just watching other people at work, Angus Phillips at the Washington Post um, is probably my favourite sports writer. And... I learned so much from him, just watching him in action and reading um, how he mm. wrote this and the beautiful colour that he injected into his stories. And um, Peter Montgomery, of course, was always there um, if you needed um, to understand anything mm. or you needed advice or who to go to. Um, he was great too. So there was a, a very small but very supportive um, media group, I guess, in yachting, and and that's beyond New Zealand, uh, you know, and the rest of the world. And I still keep in touch mm. with most of those people. They became really close friends. Um, like, I, again, one of the greatest things that I ever got to cover was um, the 2000 America's Cup in Auckland. And um, I got the... I, I earned two of my nicknames then. One was the Queen, uh, <laughs> which Bruno Trublet called me one day in a press conference at the America's Cup, and then I was the, the Queen of the America's Cup. And then the other one was the Diva, which uh, came from uh, Wynne Gray and David Leggett <laughs> at the Herald. Uh, that's because if I didn't get my own way, I would stamp my foot. And... Um, so, but it the was, diva in a friendly way too, or yes. not? <laughs> yes, because I am a very good singer. 
Um, yes, definitely, definitely. Um, but also, you know, uh, I could, you know, cause drama, I guess. <laughs> if I, you know, if I didn't get my story in yeah. the right place or I didn't get enough, you know, I had didn't get 800 words for a story or something like that. But you had to push your, your case right, Absolutely. particularly when you, back, back in those days, and it doesn't, you don't have it quite as much now, rounds, and, and so you were, you know, yes. in, within sport you were very much rounds reporters. Yeah. And to push rugby and cricket particularly out mm. of the way, you would have had to have. Exactly, yeah, that's yeah. what it was about. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was... There was more column inches yes. then, but there was no online. So, you know, with online now, you can write for as long as you bloody want. And, <laughs> you know, and they can stick as many stories up as they want. But back then, um, it was competitive mm. to get your stories out there. So, um, that, but in saying that, you know, it was such a huge event, that 2000 America's Cup. And, um, you know, getting to work with, Sir Peter Blake, Sir Russell Coots, uh, Chris Dixon, even Dennis Connor. You know, uh, you forged some amazing relationships with those people um, that, you know, remain today. What... I think there's a great academic study about New Zealand and the America's Cup and what it does to us because mm-hmm. when, when's the next one due? What are we still a couple, uh, is it 20, couple of years? Whenever the next one is. And for the next however long, we, everyone will say they're not interested, we hate it, we're not, we don't care, blah, 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 blah. And then the Cup will start and everyone will go mad. And it has happened time and time again. It's this phenomena. What is it that you have seen about the Cup that does something to our psyche. Well, we Love uh, it or hate it. Oh, absolutely. And it, it still astounds me too. Yeah. I, I'm absolutely bewildered by it. But uh, and, and I can be the same too. I can go three years where I, I'm, I'm not going to cover it this time. <laughs> yeah. And then it creeps up on you and it's like, oh, my God. Um, we're a very competitive nation, mm-hmm. aren't we? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, we win the America's Cup. We're very strong in yachting and I think that helps the fact that we have a good chance of winning, um, so we love that. We love the heroes and the villains yeah. of the America's Cup because uh, it's it's very big on that. Um, there's this huge history in the sport that's kind of romantic, and I, yeah, I just think. But you know, aren't we? We're like this for the Commonwealth Games, yeah. the Olympics. Um, even probably currently this Rugby World Cup mm. we have here where, you know, the week leading in people are going, oh, when does it start? Or, <laughs> where is it? Where are they playing? <laughs> and it's like, come on, people. We've been writing about this for three years. Come on. But um, it's it's just human nature, I think, that we get sucked up into this yeah. <laughs> amazing event and... Um, we love to see New Zealanders doing well. It's fun. When 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 did you leave the Herald? When and why did you leave the Herald? It was two thousand and one. Yeah, and I was pregnant. Oh, um, with a young man named Kieran, who I think you know. <laughs> we, I promise we weren't going to give poor Kieran, who's one of our SCNZ producers, much grief because I think every time you come on one of our shows on whatever station, <laughs> Kieran gets me gets a mention. <laughs> he does. But yes, yeah. yes, he outs, he's outside he's the out studio there. right now. Yes, um, but yes, I was, so I was pregnant and I decided rather than going back, it was time for a change. I'd been there for ten years in the sports department, um, and I needed to change. So I actually went and worked in general news for a year, um, and I had um, my job was the back page 
of the main section and it was a colour story cool. each day about, you know, really cool stories. I love, I just love writing human colour stories. It's just yeah. me. Um, but yeah, then so then I decided, okay, I'm going to go freelancing and that was one of the scariest <laughs> things that I've ever done in my life. But oh my God, I loved it. 17 years I did that. Wow. Yeah. And because you did, you, it, it, did that allow you to to get into a lot more sort of feature writing and stuff like that? And as yes. you say, those human stories, that colour, um, finding out what makes people tick. Yes. So I could step back from the news that, um, you know, day after day after day, mm. deadlines, and, yeah, and look at the bigger picture of things, which I loved. And so I got into feature writing in a whole different area. So I did Australian Women's Weekly. I did uh, the... Um, Kia magazine for in New Zealand and uh, a whole lot of different mm. things and um, international stuff Cool, and it was really lovely and it meant that I could work from home with my boys and my two sons and my wonderful husband Eugene who is and also a journalist yes <laughs> <laughs> can I just tell you our other son is an engineer okay, so right. about as far away from journalism <laughs> as you can get so um yeah, I really enjoyed digging deeper into feature writing because I didn't really know how to write a no. feature up until then. And the wonderful Carol DeChateau, who was editor of Canvas, the mm-hmm. Herald's Weekend magazine, took me under her wing and she taught me how to write a feature and was the best. I, I love writing for Canvas. Do you have a, a favourite subject or a memorable s- s- a story or a couple of any, any ones that really have stuck with you? Yes, a woman, uh, Pauline, who worked at the Herald in the, the Herald's library, had a heart transplant. And so I did a story following her through her operation and afterwards. And it just always sticks with me that being able to tell her story of something that people didn't know about, but... It's incre- still an incredible thing to have your heart and I taken think, out of your body. Yes, and I think the intro was about Pauline Murphy opening the fridge to her heart because she kept her old heart in the fridge. I had a look at it. Um, yeah, and then so she was going to bury it somewhere special, but she wasn't quite sure where, so she just kept it at the back by the butter. <laughs> I mean... I get each to their own. When you yes. when you when you're in that situation, you can do whatever you damn well want. I exactly. would have thought. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And yeah. what and what about on the sporting side? Is there anyone who you've profiled or covered a lot of? Or I mean, as you mentioned, some of those great of greats of America's Cup and sailing. Um, who who sticks oh, out? I think it's hard. it's like picking your favourite child. It's a bit unfair, it is, isn't it? it is. Really. But you you made me think about this even if for a split second. <laughs> um, but I always got excited about writing about Irene Van Dyke. Ah. And the thing about that I love about her, two things. One, she's always happy. She's yeah. always upbeat. She's always makes you feel really um, uplifted. But I loved the way that she could always reinvent herself on the netball court. And, you know, from when I first saw her playing at the... 1995? Mm, Birmingham, when she was for South yes. Africa. Yeah, yep. Yep, in 1995. And then um, watching her come to New Zealand and grow and grow mm. and grow and grow. And the world would kind of figure her out. And then she'd go to work and she'd change her game. And she was able to do that. 
uh, the longevity of her career. Yeah. Incredible. She's the sort of person too that was always excited to see you. Oh, makes you feel like a million bucks. Absolutely. eh? You're the only person in the room. (laughs) She only has eyes for you. you And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, so I love, and I continue to enjoy interviewing her, talking with her. Mm. Yeah. My guest on Trailblazers today is sports journalist Suzanne McFadden. Stay with us on SCNZ. More to come in a moment. Welcome back into Trailblazers on SCNZ. I'm Ricky Swanell and I'm talking today with leading sports journalist Suzanne McFadden. You started out at the Herald, you went freelancing when you when you had your boys, uh, 17 years of freelancing. But I want to talk about your, your other child, your baby locker room. Yes, my third child. Your third, well, and, we're, and when we should also mention your beautiful grandson oh. as well. I can't believe we've got this far without talking about Daniel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Can we just put Daniel third and then we'll put yeah. the next child we're going to talk about? Yeah, so locker room fourth behind the two boys and the grandson. Um, Locker room, for those who, well, I'm sure anybody listening to this will be well aware, is uh, the all-women's sport coverage on the newsroom platform and now syndicated with the New Zealand Herald. How did it come about? Why did you feel the need to do it? So I, within my, at the very end of my freelancing career, um, Tim Murphy, who'd been my, who I'd, worked with at the Herald and then he became my boss at the Herald. Uh, he had left and he was starting up newsroom with Mark Jennings, who's formerly of TV3 News. And um, he'd let me know that, he, that they were working on this project and would I like to be involved. So for the first year of newsroom, I um, contracted to them and I was doing some sport, but also I was the... Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was a really cool name <laughs> for my job, but it was so bizarre. Um, it was like Innovation and Inspiration. It was at the Innovation and Inspiration Reporter, which I don't think there is one anywhere else in the world. But um, again, it was just lending itself to me doing those colour stories that I love. So um, there was a story on stuff featuring uh, Kieran Smith, the yep. NZOC boss, saying that the coverage of women's sport in New Zealand was horrendous. And I read that and I thought, yeah, she's so right. So I copied the link and I pasted it and emailed it to Tim and Mark and I wrote, we could do better. That was it, two weeks later. (laughs) Oh, God, I've offended them. That's great. Uh, I got a call from Tim saying, now, about that email. And I was like, what email? I've sent you quite a few emails. (laughs) And he said that email about women's sport. He said, we should just do it. Do what? He said, we should just do women's sport, nothing else. I went, you're kidding. In 30-something years, I never expected anybody to say that to me. So I said, okay, then let's let's think about this. Two weeks later, we were doing it. (laughs) And I think that was the best thing we ever did, actually. I think if we'd thought about it and then gone out to see, test the market yeah. and see if there were any sponsors or anything like that, that we would have got, uh, that it would have knocked us back a bit. Yeah. Um, so we just did it. And it just kind of took off on its own. And, yeah, it's incredible where it's gone. And, yeah, very proud of my fourth child. <laughs> but it really has become... Um, my life, yeah. Is it, is it of been, the family? Has it become real? So when was this? Twenty eighteen. Yes. I say, yeah. yeah. Has it become consuming <laughs> for the last few years? Yes, yeah. it has. But I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
um, of course I have days where I go, nah, nah, that's it. Um, but then I remember the I, I, this week, actually, I interviewed a tall fern and I came away, I got off the phone, or oh, the Zoom, that's the word, got off the Zoom, <laughs> and I walked down my hallway because I was working from home and I was like, oh my God, this is why I do this job, this is why I do this job. It's meeting new people, learning their stories, being able to share that story on. Oh, my God, what a privilege. And so I need that reminder all the time because, you know, there's the other stuff that comes with being an editor that I don't necessarily enjoy. And after, you know, 30 years of just being a writer and suddenly having this other part of the job dealing with um, sponsorship partners, um, dealing with contributing writers, who I love, but and dealing with sports. Present company and, included. Absolutely. I've you for a while, but yeah. thanks. Yes. <laughs> the contributors are okay. Yeah, love, love my contributors, <laughs> especially Ricky. And um, so I do struggle with that. But at the same time, I realise now, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, I don't want to sound like that, but this is my chance to give back mm. and mentoring Women who want to become writers or are starting off as sports journalists, this is my new, I don't want to say project, but this is my new area that I can make a difference in. So, yeah, I've been very, very fortunate in getting a scholarship program with Sky Sport where they sponsor, uh, or yeah, I guess sponsor, a, a young woman to come and work with me at Locker Room and learn the ropes of being a sports journalist. We had Ashley Stanley first yep. for two years and now we have the wonderful Miran Anderson. So, oh, those young women, they've changed my life too. Really, I just, I learn from them every day. I learn how to do an Instagram post <laughs> and an Instagram story. I'm still struggling with that one. You're not but, on TikTok yet, are no, you? No, 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 no. I said to Mary the other day, oh, God, do we don't have to do TikTok now, do we? Oh, do we have to do a dance? Um, I've got no idea. But I'm learning from them all the time, especially, you know, what, do their generations want mm-hmm. out of, you know, what do they want to read about? What do they want to know about? So I love that too. And then there are other children. <laughs> this fun I was oh, growing and growing. There's a whole lot of people that yeah, you have supported and can do. I know when we went into lockdown and I basically had not a dot of work <laughs> and you're like, can you write something for me? And that just to give, and that was such a boost because oh. I was like, I've got literally nothing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. And I wrote yeah. a story about Marina Rakovic and, you know, yes. and I was saying that was, you know, the little things like that. But, I know that we have this really great cohort of women and a really supportive kind of community, I guess. Have you been able to cut through from that and the ones, the converted, who I call them, because I think we do a bit of preaching to the converted. Yes, we do. To go a bit more mainstream and to get those stories being seen by people who might not otherwise. That was always the plan. Yeah. That's always the plan, eh? It's not, you've got to remember, I think, when you're writing, and I remind the writers this, is that you're not just writing for the people who are interested yeah. in that. We're trying to get other people interested, and that's always been my goal. And I'd like to think that we are. Um, I think this new relationship that we have there with the Herald is probably will probably help. But, yeah, we get a lot of feedback from um, male readers, which is brilliant. Um, 
a lot of feedback from people going, oh, you know, my, my daughter um, read your story and now she's really interested in horse riding. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we are, and, you know, it's slow. And, and I appreciate that it's going to be slow. Um, I know there's a huge rush at the moment to grow mm. women's sport and um, the women's sport in the media, but it can't happen fast because I think people will drop people off the wagon at the back and they'll get left behind. I think it's just got to be done slowly and gradually. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah. Because I'm always like, oh, it's not enough progress. And then I was like, hey, actually, no, we need to change that other way. Do, do you see a time where there won't be a need for something like locker room that we will get to a point which um, we don't want to? We're not putting locker room to pa- out to pasture by any stretch, but that. You know that there there will be such good coverage across the board that sport will be sport. It won't be women's sport. It won't be. It'll just be sport. Yes. Um, or will there always be? Will the, there always be a need still? Yeah. yeah. Another good. And question I don't know the answer Ricky. to this either. No, I don't know the answer. But yeah, maybe like that will be that can be my retirement. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. We could go out and go okay, just shut the door, right, lock I'm the door done. behind us, and that's done. I'd, I'd like to think that it could be looked at in a different way, that it's just another place where there's stories yeah. being told and you can come along and find different stories here. Um, look, I have to be honest, I'm not a great flag waver for... Well, I don't... Th- I, that's not my goal here. I'm not waving a flag for women's sword. I'm just telling the stories that aren't being told. Yeah, that's our goal, is to tell these stories that aren't being told. And that naturally comes with it. Mm. But I, I don't take my soapbox and stand on yes. it and rah-rah. Um, I just believe, just do it. Yeah. And that's what we did, you know, two weeks after thinking <laughs> of the idea. We just did it and we're still doing it. Um, of course, I just hope that, it, you know, one day it'll be 50-50 and we won't have to worry about constantly, I guess some people would say, bleating mm. about it. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. My guest is Suzanne McFadden, editor of Locker Room, leading sports journalist. One more quick break here on SCNZ, back with more shortly. Thanks for being with us on SCNZ. I'm Ricky Swanell, and my guest on Trailblazers is Suzanne McFadden. We've talked to wide-ranging career from the New Zealand Herald Newsroom, Sports Department, America's Cup, and, of course, is the editor of Locker Room. You have seen, I can imagine, a lot of change in media. Um, what do you think has been... It's an industry that we love, but it is one that comes in for a lot of criticism um, and it has been condensed down all the time. The newsrooms are half the size, probably from when you started. Mm. Um, What has been the biggest change, do you think, in the industry? The internet? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did that that change things so much, or how has it? um, Honestly, even though I said to you before that I miss working in a newsroom, I would not survive in a newsroom today. It's just so fast-paced mm. and so demanding. It is such, you know, the internet is a, a beast that you just cannot feed enough. And, you know, the, the, the demand to get stuff out there onto, the, onto your platform as soon as things happen, and then we'll update it soon, and then we'll have another story. Let's get an Instagram post out on this, let's do, and all this stuff. Oh, my God, I couldn't. Um, mm. That's probably my age more than anything, but... We didn't really have those same demands, you know, 20 years ago. So I think that's made a huge change. You now have a lot more people who think that they are journalists 
and they have this new platform, these mm. new platforms where they can put their opinion on there that suddenly somehow becomes fact when it's not. So you're dealing, you're competing with that all the time. There's the feedback, the constant uh, trolling yeah. that goes on, you know, on on Facebook. If, if you've posted a story up there and some of the comments are just gutting, you can't read them all. I don't know how athletes do. Yeah. I hope they don't. Um, so I think it's really changed in, in that way that, yeah, somebody said to me recently, do you think there'll be a, a day soon when there's no sports news in newspapers that, you know, the print versions will be gone. And I don't know the answer to that too because if I was predicting that 10 years ago, I would have said they'd been gone by now. Yeah. But they're just they're hanging in on, there. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, as long as the adv- advertising revenue is there, the, the newspapers will carry on. Um, but, you know, that locker room is, you know, all online. And so that's been different. That's been, um, you know, I love I love these new challenges that come, well, except for TikTok. <laughs> no, not and none of be that. real or something. What's I don't know. that? Oh, oh I don't know. Get Kieran to show you yeah, that okay. one, Ricky. But yeah, so you, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is so locker room is an all online platform, so that gives you the scope to do long form, really good, which you just wouldn't get in yes. a. Pa- it's really, you know, double edged, isn't it? The yeah. the what the internet, but the the, the like the trolling element. Or, do you get that a lot in in the? Or, or sorry, does newsroom allow comments and locker room allow comments outside of? Um, yes. So on Facebook or whatever. Yep, and, yeah. Yep, on Facebook and, and, and on, on the on site. The actual site. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We can. Um, except I keep forgetting to click that button. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yes, we do. Uh, it's only a recent thing, actually. We started off and we didn't. We, mm. we decided we didn't necessarily want that to start with. But yeah, we we open ourselves up to it. And oh, you know, it's fifty-fifty. You know, you get the. They're not, and I'm not saying it all has to be rah rah. This is a great story, but you want um, a good constructive yeah. criticism and, and a good discussion. But no. yeah, the stuff that um, comes out of some people's minds is just astounding, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. How do you? I, I don't. Do all I, don't that? I don't look. I don't look. I went no. off Twitter a few years ago, and that yep. wasn't just from a personal aspect. I just found it so negative in general. It is. So I don't need you know someone that that I was completely didn't even know and that was getting piled on I was like I don't need to wake up to this I don't no. you know I don't need that around so I mm. use Instagram a lot but that's more because I'm you know show off my travel photos yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah we love that and I like to I like to use it you know like to promote the World Cups or events yes. or if I'm doing a game you know, but I, I'm, I'm a bit hit and miss to be honest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's the first thing I do every morning is wake yeah, up funny, isn't it? reach my phone and then um put up our story of yeah. the day on Facebook and Twitter and it's become this happy and then I do Wordle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've done the Wordle yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it, it is all consuming. So yeah. that's the first thing I think about yeah. when I wake up. Oh, what's the story I have to put up today? Yeah. And and it's probably one of the last things I think about before I go to bed. Um but yeah, it's it's like you say. If that's your child, if that's your baby, if that's something that you've created and, and you're proud of, and you want to keep nurturing and keep mm. alive, then yeah, you, you've got to you've got to think like that. You obviously have covered amazing athletes, male and female, across the board. And you said Irene van Dijk is one of your favourites. When you mm. look at our female athletes now, and, and I guess basically the world at their feet, but 
again, double-edged professional sport that a lot of them are now really going headlong into is tough. But what do you see in, in our female athletes, the teams, the Black Ferns, the White Ferns? Obviously, we're going to see the Football Ferns at a World Cup next year, but the likes of Lisa Carrington, Val Adams, who I know you, you've covered as well, mm. um, what they bring to the sporting landscape, to, to us as a country. So much. Yeah. Especially, like, when you look at an Olympic year and, you know, our women are right up there with the men as far as performance goes. The thing I love about them, though, and what I think they bring to our society is their openness, their frankness. Their, they're not practised or trained in what they say. Um, you know, people like Val being very open about her um, fertility issues, mm. uh, other athletes talking about, you know, menstruation and, and red S and, and these issues that have been taboo for years but these women are quite happy to open up and talk about the stuff that, that the women's health in sport at the moment is my big thing mm. and I'm you know that whole player welfare I guess but more so you know people worrying about our people looking after our people um, especially our people who are you know we we hold in such high regard and we expect to do very, very well on the world stage, are we looking after them properly? So very, very interested in that. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think, without trying to sound old, they're just delightful, yeah. aren't they? It's a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and before I let you go, and I'm sure you get asked this a lot, and we talk about women in this industry and pathways for them, but if you're, you know, anyone who was considering... We've got a lot who are coming into broadcast, and there's still a real shortage of female sports writers. There's, you know, yourself, Dana, uh, you know, our friend Dana Johansson, Miran, yes. um, obviously, with yeah. you. But aside from that, it's still very limited um, very. just as pure writers. So, how would you encourage someone into it? Um, first of all, I would encourage them. Yeah. There was a while where I didn't want to. I would tell them, you know, it's just too hard. Um, but I definitely uh, encourage them now to do it. Um, just start, you know, you know, give me a bell if you want, you know, <laughs> drop me a line on the Instagram. Um, but you need to be brave because it's it's not a walk in the park. But, yeah, I just, I, I really want them to have a go. Yeah. I, th- there are opportunities, you know, there are opportunities through Locker Room. If I can help, you know, somebody, you know, just even just getting their work published then it's out there, and then employers can see that. Um, I keep, you know, I keep putting pressure on, you know, people like Winston, my friend Winston with the um, sports editor at the Herald to come on, you know, up your coverage, up up your the number of women you have in your newsroom. Um, I think, yeah, just just slowly chipping away, and I think the opportunities will open. But don't be. Um, discouraged by you know flicking through a newspaper and seeing not many female bylines. Um, you know, I, I was so naive. Like I said when yeah. I started, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even know there were none. Um, I just yeah, I just, it was just my dream to do it. So if it's your dream, absolutely follow it. Oh, it's a great way to finish. This has been so far. We could go on probably around another three hours. We could. Um, but we better wrap it up. Susan McFadden, has been such a pleasure to have you in studio and to chat about a wonderful career in sports journalism, which is continuing on and probably just getting started. You'll have something else up your sleeve soon, I'm sure. Thank you for being on Trailblazers. Thank you. And can I just say, Ricky, how you continue to inspire me 
Oh, my God. The work that you do, the um, places you go, the things that you're doing, oh, you just it just makes my heart swell. I'm very proud of you, but I'm also... Um, a huge cheerleader and I'm inspired by you. Thank you. Stop it. You make me cry. (laughs) Thank you.